This is WrestleZone Radio, presented by WrestleZone.com. Find us on iTunes. Welcome back, WrestleZone Radio listeners. It's me, Nick Hausman, and boy, do we have a huge WrestleMania Week interview for you here on WrestleZone Radio. It is, of course, none other than the WWE Hall of Famer and hardcore legend, Mick Foley. Mick, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. No, thank you, Nick. I appreciate you waking me out of a deep slumber. Oh, my man, you know... You know, I, as long as you don't go get the fire and the, the barbed wire at baseball bat, I think it'll be all right. Uh, no, in your defense, uh, it is noon, and this is the time we, we scheduled. So I just, I'm just uh, late. Uh, uh, I'm just, uh, I never could, never was a morning guy. Yeah, well, you know, I try to be. I'm, I'm sure this is great podcasting, but there's uh, construction going on right next to my apartment right now. And I don't really mind that as much, but whoever is on the, like, 8 a.m. shift loves... Oh, man. They love blasting classic rock. I woke up to Can't You See by the Marshall Tucker Band today, mixed with the sound of metal being cut. And, boy, what a that's a rooster call in the morning. I would say so. Um, let's get to it, Mick. You have got a huge April planned. Uh, of course, you're going to be here in Chicago the day of WrestleMania. We'll get here in just a minute. But the reason that I was able to bring you here to Chicago for WrestleMania largely had to do with the fact that three days after WrestleMania, you are kicking off your 20 years of Hell Tour at Zany's in Rosemont, Illinois. Um, what what brought this about, Mick? Why, why did you feel like putting this show together, taking it on the road, and talking about Hell in a Cell 20 years later? Uh, you know, um, I guess going back about uh, four years ago, because uh, the last uh, the last two shows I've done have not been. Uh, I haven't haven't had uh, any cell uh, cell stories. Of course, you know they come up a little bit when during the Q and A, but I really felt like I was onto something. You know, with um, the stuff I talked about uh, in regards to the cell was really connecting with people. And uh, I guess in a sense, I'm going to use a musical motif here. It was like I had some singles, you know, like, you know, like, all right, this is, this story's working. This is working. I was like, I, I think I got a whole album here, you know, like, I think I've got a concept album. And uh, so when the 20 years was rolling around, I was like, I, I was inspired by uh, Bruce Springsteen's The River Tour. Not that I saw it. And I love Springsteen, but I did not see The River Tour. But what I loved about it was the idea that, you didn't wonder, like, you didn't go, uh, you know, there were songs that we'd play that only the biggest fans would know, and people would be like, well, that's great for them, but geez, uh, I was like an 80s, 90s Springsteen fan, like, uh, and then you, so when it's the river, you know what you're getting, and if you walk away going, but he didn't play uh, <laughs> this supermarket queen or whatever dude it's the river like this is what it is so uh one of the challenges i'd always had was people didn't know what to expect you know like i almost always exceeded their low expectations but in this case is like i'm gonna i'm gonna hone in on that on that match and i'm still talk asked about every day to this day 20 years later and I'm going to do my very best to make that night come alive on stage. So it's kind of challenging, um, but I uh, I've been writing it, and uh, and I think that uh, it's going to be a really really fun, really unique evening. 
That's awesome. And uh, at the end of the show, are you going to climb up on the, the ceiling of the, the comedy <laughs> venue? One, one lucky fan gets to recreate it, right? You know? Uh, every night, yep. Oh, every night. You, you are a true <laughs> professional, Mick Foley. True professional. Oh, that's awesome. Let me square it up. Uh, no, I uh, let me make you come alive through uh, words oh. and emotions only. Got it. All right. <laughs> no, uh, that's awesome, Mick. I, I've... I've had the pleasure of getting to see you speak, and you know everybody or many fans out there, of course, I know got to see your your comedy special on the WWE Network. Uh, is there any chance you're maybe workshopping this for for something down the road that could turn into you know a, a DVD or, or a network special like that? Well, there's, yeah, there's a pretty good chance of that. Uh, yeah, uh, somebody from WWE will be coming out and taking a look at uh, one of the first shows, and uh, yeah, I have talked to them about it. it seems like a natural. So, um, so yeah, I see there's a, there's a good chance. That's awesome. Um, well, of course you're going to be here in Rosemont for that. That's again, going to be April 11th. There are no more VIP tickets available from what I'm told. Uh, there may be a limited amount of general admission tickets. So go on out to that again, April 11th, three days before that, of course, is going to be WrestleMania 34. Uh, I, Mick, I, I, I can't express to you how insane what happened was because we brought Sean Waltman out for the Royal Rumble party here in Chicago and it was just such a hit. Everybody had such a good time. They said, we want to do more of this. We want to watch pay-per-views. We want to be around our, our heroes, you know, when we watch these shows. And they said, well, Nick, who do you want to bring in next? I go, right immediately, I go, I bet there is no way I could get him to come. But if I could watch any part of WrestleMania with somebody, it would be Mick Foley. And lo and behold, here we are. If you are in the Chicago area and you want to come out for Mick Foley's official Chicago WrestleMania 34 VIP kickoff party, we have a few tickets left, uh, literally like a dozen left for the VIP event that Mick's going to oh, be a nice. part of. Yeah, there's we've marked them down to seventy five bucks because I had a couple friends that were on the fence about the price, and I was like, you know what, you don't have an excuse this week. We've burned through everybody here. We're we're in the black. We're good. Just get we're getting rid of these tickets. So if you want to come out, hang out with Mick. It's a two hour open bar included included seventy five bucks. Uh, go over to uh, Eventbrite, get your ticket to that. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled, Mick. Thank. Thank you. This is an amazing thing for me to have you out here in Chicago to be a part of this. Well, I guess uh, you had consulted another than Frank the Clown about the odds of this thing happening. And he, he placed it at like 1%, right? Yeah, Frank was, uh, yes, negative. Very <laughs> negative on the idea. And then, uh, you know, luckily it worked out geographically because, um, as you said, you know, my, my first show is in Rosemont. Uh, three days later, and I knew I'd be doing a little bit of media. I think that show is going to sell out, but um, we want to make sure that it does. You know, I think there's about uh, 30 tickets left, um, all to general admission tickets. And so it made sense to kind of be in the same place and try to rest up and make sure that first show is the best it could be. Uh, and uh, I was taking a risk because there's always that chance. Oh, risk. That they kind of we you know we'd like you to be on the play a role in the show, so I was kind of rolling the dice. And even if they do tell me that, I've got to say be like, no, get the get commitments, man, to WrestleZone and Duffy's. So uh, so I will be there, and I'm looking forward to it. Nothing WWE loves hearing more than I have commitments to WrestleZone, and I can't do WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand. I mean, I I, I was lucky. Yeah, I was three years ago, I guess. Uh, that I, uh, I think it was three, 
in uh, Dallas where I got to play a big, uh, you know, or not a big role, but a memorable role in the show. And, and then I was the GM. Uh, you know, was I, no, I never was a GM for WrestleMania. No, I got fired. Right yeah, I was about to say you were fired like the week before WrestleMania. Then the Kurt, uh, yeah, I got to be honest. Like uh, I, I knew I had the, <laughs> I knew I had the hip replacement coming up. I thought, man, that'd be nice to make it through Mania and get fired at National Coliseum where Raw was a week, uh, eight days later. So when I found out, uh, you, you know, termination takes place before Mania, uh, it stung a little bit, Nick. I'll be honest with you. So you're well. You, doesn't this year you won't be back at WrestleMania? So you're making your right. stand. So that's fair. Um, but you know the the man who took your place, Kurt Angle, as uh, the Raw GM. Uh, the the past year, what a whirlwind it's been for him getting cleared to compete, and here he is in this huge tag match uh, with Ronda Rousey against the people that were responsible for your ousting Triple H and Ronda Rousey. I would feel that you've got a horse in this uh, race, correct? Uh, Triple H and Stephanie. Triple H well, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was the the one drawback, uh, you know, for me was that um, the GM really has to be able to, you know, account for himself physically once a year or so, and I just, you know, I medically can't can't do that. So, um, you know, as we've seen, Kurt was able to fill in uh, when Roman Reigns was out. And now he's uh, he's one of the key parts of that match, the match that I've got on record as saying, you know, will be very good. Uh, I wrote an article about that last week, and uh, I think it I think it will be. I think they'll tell a great story, and I think all all four people involved are super competitive. And uh, to the, I'm not to the point where it might actually be unhealthy <laughs> how competitive they are, and uh, I think they'll have a great match because of it. Um, how are, how are you, how are you impressed with Ronda Rousey so far? She's made a handful of appearances now. Uh, she's gotten to get a little physical. Uh, what's your take on Ronda Rousey, the WWE superstar? Yeah, I like what I see. I, I know there are some people who are like rooting against her. Like I'm, I'm actively rooting for her. Uh, I like it because, uh, she shows some vulnerability there. Um, and I think she's, uh, somehow, you know, managed to look like an underdog despite being the baddest woman on the planet. And I think when Stephanie hit her with that line about uh, we all know how you handle losses, that anyone who knows Rhonda's history knows that uh, touches a, uh, you know, it's a sore spot. That's what Terry Funk would call borderlining. <laughs> and, uh, and so Stephanie is definitely working on the borderline there with some really, uh, some very emotional, that each of the McMahons here in a tag match, uh, both with GMs that in the last year have gotten cleared to compete. Of course, uh, Shane's going to be teaming up with Daniel Bryan to take on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in that bout where if Owens and Zayn 
are unable to beat them, then they're never coming back to the land of SmackDown Live, which I guess opens up doors elsewhere. But uh, Daniel Bryan teaming up with, with Shane McMahon. Um, how does this feel for you? I mean, you've obviously had your fair of bumps and bruises. Um, Daniel's had his, and now he's back, and this is all he wanted to do. How do you feel for this guy right now? Oh, I'm, ha- I'm happy for him. You know, I sent him a nice text because I knew that he really, you know, he loved it, and wrestling was taken from him in the prime of his career, you know, and it was taken from me. It was, you know, way <laughs> at the tail end after I'd come back several times too many anyway. Uh, but Daniel had been taken in his, you know, his, his physical prime and in his uh, financial prime, and he just uh, loved it. You know, he loved it just as much as anyone I've ever known. So uh, it's it's going to be nice for him to be in there with uh, two guys, Zane, you know, and uh, Kevin Owens, who he's known for so long. And, uh, you know, you d- don't bet against uh, <laughs> Shane O'Mac either, you know. Uh, it's, I, what I like, there's, there's, I know when I put this out there about it being a stacked card, you get the naysayers who say it's like a fast lane. It's like, dude, come on. This is, is going to be a really good show. This you know, uh, it might be too long a show. And I've always said there's a, you know, there's the element of magic that you can't predict, you know, and you can't script. It's either, it's either there or it's not. And it might not be there after six hours, you know. Um, but the show certainly has the potential to be a great show. Um. Let's talk real fast. There's been a, a theory I've, I've seen floated out online by a lot of fans in regards to this tag match that Daniel Bryan may ultimately turn on Shane McMahon and, and go with his friends Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Do you think there's a chance of that happening? Uh, yeah, I'd, yeah, there's a chance, sure. I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen. Um, you know, uh, there's only so much you can do when both your authority figures are good guys. Um and I know they've had, you know, they've had differences of opinion, but it might seem like a natural progression and something that'd be fun. I like the, uh, the fun. <laughs> yeah, I love Kevin Owens as a heel, and uh, Sammy showed a, a different side to himself. I loved working with Sammy when he was on Raw, uh, and uh, I, you know, evolving and keeping your head above water and constantly tweaking your persona are. are uh, the keys, or some of the keys, three of the keys to um, being successful in WWE, and he's managed to do that. Now, I know that uh, anybody who keeps track of you on social media, Mick, you know, it's pretty known you're you're a fairly progressive guy in your opinions. Uh, how how cool how cool is it for you to get to see someone like Mustafa Ali breaking the mold of a traditional, you know, foreign international talent in WWE and go in there and he's facing off against Cedric Alexander for the uh, Cruiserweight Championship on the uh, kickoff show, I believe. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think it takes a progressive mind to think it's positive for for WWE to have a you know a guy of Middle Eastern descent as a positive babyface. Uh, I you know I think I think it's great. You know, I'm, it was a long time coming. Did you mention that because you see that I retweet a lot of his stuff? Well, I also Ali's from Chicago, and I like just saying nice things about Mustafa Ali when possible. But uh, no, I mean. Yeah. It's different. It is, you know, it's not the way that these talents have always been treated in the past. He certainly put his foot down and wants to be perceived a certain way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I do, I find him really interesting on social media. Some of the stuff he says is really you know, touching. Uh, yeah, some people just have a knack for you know, you know, being uh, you know, in uh, being producing interesting tweets, and I think he does. 
he's just uh he's just a guy working hard um you know living out a dream loves his family who happens to be of middle eastern descent so uh i think it's great i think uh yeah i, I like it and i like him personally um so i uh you know, I retweet some of his things. I retweeted the ESPN article. And uh, when I put out a, a thing, um, you know, about the Ronda Rousey, uh, Stephanie, uh, Hunter, Kurt match, and then ask people, you know, what match did they think would steal the show, uh, there were a handful that said uh, Mustafa and Cedric, you know, on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, this gives them a chance to really, uh, really – you know, shine on the biggest stage of them all. It's uh, earlier on in the uh, in the day when people aren't worn out, and, uh, and uh, by all indications, these guys are really kicking it on uh, on two hundred five live, and hopefully that will get some more eyeballs of that show as well. So, it's a positive all the way around. Cedric's a you know not only a great athlete but a real you know good guy, and uh, would not be happier to see these guys you know set the bar really high early on in the show. I agree. Uh, and, uh, you know, while we're speaking about progressiveness here, I also kind of want to get your take on the Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax storyline going into this. Now, yeah. I, I have a girlfriend, right? And uh, when you talk about uh, storylines that get heat with women, the body shaming of Nia Jax, my girlfriend, was Liz, was very, very upset about this, right? I, right. I, what do you, what, what's your take on, on building to imagine the way they're doing with Alexa and Nia? Uh, look, <laughs> heels are bullies, you know, they can be bullies. You can't have, the, ah, she's not such a bad girl after all. Come on, you can talk this out. Alexa's an awful, I mean, and this is, no, let me get this, I don't want to be quoted. She does a great job as as at being an awful heel. I think she's she's a great heel. And that should be open territory, the same way it was open territory for The Rock to make fun of my body. You know, um, I don't know. You know, you can't take away every tool in a heel's arsenal. Arsenal. Um, I mean, uh, Mickey James hopefully is working closely with Alexa because I thought that was a really effective storyline. And it makes people angry and makes them sit up and take notice and makes them feel for... Uh, for Naya, I think that's a good thing. I, I just, I, I see it over and over. Hey, uh, what happened to be a star? Show tolerance and respect. It's like we're characters, you know. Like you cannot have a show called "Big Guys Getting Along Making Valid Points." You know, it eventually has to get to the ring for a reason. And I think uh, they've given us a really good reason uh, to to get into the ring. I think there is a, a show called "Big Guys Getting Along Making Points." It's called Table for Three. It's the same. <laughs> there you go. So that, yeah, after the fact, we can all get along. And uh, but I think it's great. Look at it. It's got. Um, I mean, that's an important match on the card, and it's brought out a side of not Nia. It's made her a very uh, uh, likable figure, and I think uh, they'll have. I think they'll tell a great story as well. We got two big title matches here: uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and AJ Styles for Shinsuke Nakamura. Which one of you enjoyed the build for more? And which do you think should close the show? Which do you think has uh, should be the one that, that goes on last? Man, that's a tough call. Um, I've watched Raw more than SmackDown. Um, so I'm more familiar with the... Uh, I think the build has been really good uh, for Brock and Roman. 
you know, an unusual build, but uh, Roman has really stepped up on the microphone. You know, he really seems far more comfortable. Uh, those guys did get to close the show, what, uh, three or four years ago? Mm-hmm. Was it three years or four years ago in San Jose? I think it was three years yeah. ago. It was the year before three. Dallas. Okay, so Dallas was only two years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, two years ago. So, um, I don't know. Um, I, uh, on another hand, uh, this is something that, <laughs> the teaser, I may have uh, a thumbprint on that uh, Nakamura-AJ Styles match that will not be known until after the <laughs> after the show. Be one of those, wait, wait, McFoley? He, he may have played a role in Mania that we didn't know about, and that's a really vague, <laughs> a, a very vague mention, but uh, I'll be watching that match with great interest. I have a horse in that race, <laughs> and uh, and man, uh, AJ has been stealing shows since he got to WWE, so uh, if I had to pick, because of the fact that uh, Brock and... Um, um, Roman have already closed out of Mania three years ago. If I had to pick, and nobody consults me on this, believe me, uh, I would say that um, it was. Uh, uh, I would go with AJ Nakamura. Yeah, I think it's. A, I would. <clears throat> I think so too. It's it's a safe bet that everyone's going to go nuts, win, lose, or draw. Who comes out of that bout? Uh, I will say in the on the last bit of Mania note here, and again, there's like six matches we didn't get to here. I mean, it is a stacked card. But there is one, there's, as stacked as this card is, there's like still an unannounced bout, and that's John Cena and The Undertaker. Now, you talk about unusual builds, you know, with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Man, uh, what a build this has been between Cena and The Undertaker. Obviously, uh, you're going into the 20 years of Hell Tour. You have a lot of history with The Undertaker. Uh, how do you feel when you watch, you know, this play out where John Cena's trying to provoke him in, in you know, what I guess you could call a more shoot-like fashion on TV? Yeah, would this be a good place to get a plug for the entire tour, not just Rosemont? Whatever you want to do, Mick, it's it's fine. <laughs> Whatever you want to say, I tried to tie it yeah, back in. Gonna, uh, let me try to run off some towns. It's uh, realmickfoley.com, dot com, and the tour hits uh, um, Rosemont, D.C., Nashville, Huntsville, Birmingham, Edmonton is sold out. Three weeks in advance is great. Uh, Calgary. Portland, Oregon, uh, Spokane, Washington, Tacoma, Washington, Pasadena, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Buffalo, New York, Poughkeepsie, New York, Pittsburgh is, is uh, it's, it's almost, it's, uh, it's going to go, uh, Boston, Buffalo, Poughkeepsie, so it might be one or two more, and you can get those tickets at realmickfoley.com. As far as The Undertaker, man, do I envy his work schedule. Um, <laughs> I do. Uh, I, as I go back to when uh, <laughs> uh, I was building towards the uh, Randy Orton match with Evolution and The Rock coming to my rescue in 2004. Yeah. Man, I was taking, I was taking a pummeling every week for, 12, <laughs> for, for almost every week for 12 weeks. And I would have loved to have, uh, you know, just come in day of the show. Uh, but he's worked, he's he's earned that right, and uh, people would be bitterly disappointed if he's not there. I guess the idea is, like, it's the network, you know? Like, you you know, you can, you can be surprised for nine ninety nine a month or for a free trial month, and uh, the, the response will be amazing that night. I think there's a time and a place for the uh, surprise pop, 
um, instead of the uh, the advertised uh, expected return. And uh, it should be really good. You know, I you know I I hope it's really good. You know, Cena is a super hard worker. Undertaker takes so much pride in what he does, and um, it's a match people want to see, and hopefully it's going to come about. But I do understand that they've got Mordecai in reserve in case Taker can't make it. Oh, yeah, Kevin Thorne. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Cena is fully prepared to play the role of a fan with uh, annoying chants and misspelled signs, so he's got that in his back pocket. And I did just steal those last two <laughs> comments from Kayfabe news. There you go. Uh, I, I have a feeling that Cena's going to play something of a host this year, kind of like the New Day did last year. And uh, it'll at some point Undertaker will come out and confront him. But, you know, all speculation. Everybody's got a theory this year. Um, Mick, I want to thank you so much for the time. I know it's early in the day. I went a little over, a little over my 20 minutes here. But I always get excited when I get to chat with you. Um, again, April 8th, WrestleMania in Chicago. Go over to Eventbrite, find the Duffy's party. Uh, it's a Duffy's Tavern here. Uh, Mick will be there throughout the whole kickoff party. Uh, you'll get two autographs. You get a photo. Uh, you get two-hour open bar. You get a guaranteed seat in the main room. We got over 50 flat-screen TVs you're going to be able to watch WrestleMania on. And since you're there, Mick, for the kickoff show, the fans that are there for the VIP event are going to get to watch the cruiserweight match with Mustafa Ali with you, uh, which I think is very, very cool since he is a Chicago hometown boy. Uh, and it should be, yeah, I really appreciate you um, thinking of me, inviting me to this. Uh, it's it's going to be a cool event, and I hope, uh, I, I'm calling it the greatest WrestleMania kick-up party north of the Mississippi. So, oh, uh, man, well, <laughs> south of Mississippi, you know, they've got, a, they've got all kinds, you know, there's a bear wrestling event, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on <laughs> down there. I mean, you're great, but you know, two bears wrestling. Uh, you know, it's got its own. Uh, yeah, job. you never, you never know. Uh, those aren't actual like. Those are figurative bears. Um, you say <laughs> you say that I went down to Boys Town here and got some bears yeah. and, and threw them into. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The large hairy men. Yes, two bears, uh, two bears, and then there's an <laughs> there's an otter playing referee. Anyway, if you don't if you don't get these references, I get it. Uh, All right. Uh, but yes. uh, listen, I'll 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 see you uh see you what is it six days now five days five days and yeah. I have to I have to close by saying April nineteenth in Detroit Legends of Wrestling Brian Knobs would be very very upset if I didn't have you yeah, say yeah we don't want to do that to Knobs man no I don't want to go to Pity <laughs> he City sends personalized Easter messages you can't upset a guy like that <laughs> no way uh, Legends of Wrestling I know you like doing those show- shows right you always have a good time there are a lot you know. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. They're fun for us. Um, get together. This will be the first time I've I'll see Ric Flair since uh, you know he had that real health scare. And the, the, despite contrary to popular opinion, Rick and I really do like each other. And it'll be a big uh, big deal to see Rick. Stings on the car. I don't even know how they pay all these guys. And uh, the last time I did a Legends of Wrestling show, which was just a couple weeks ago in Augusta. Uh, me and Eric Bischoff opened the show. And they're like, just yeah, go out there and do something. So we had a lot of fun, harkening back to the night the channels changed. And uh, there's, it's, there's no ill will. People, uh, we all like being around each other, and then the fans enjoy it too. So that's just a bonus, you know. There it is, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get we get to hang out. It's very cool. Yeah, Eric. Eric, of course, will be in Detroit, which is Eric's backyard. So he's kind of the the hometown boy there. 
thank you again, Mick. Legends of Wrestling, 20 years of hell tour. Mick Foley's official Chicago WrestleMania 34 VIP kickoff party. All three great events in April where you can come out and find Mick. Thank you again so much for the time, Mick, and uh, I guess I'll see you this weekend. All right. Thanks, Dick. Thanks for taking the time for me. No problem. Goodbye.